Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for clicking on this episode and joining us here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast. My name is Patrice. And my name is Shayla. We are here to talk about everyday melanated topics while bringing a distinct intellectual perspective. Thanks so much for joining. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode and welcome back. Um, So we have a a serious but heavy but also close to our heart episode today. Um, You know, this is something that um, Patrice brought to me and is something that we wanted to incorporate, hopefully long term. So similar to the It's Not Black History Month where we kind of do them periodically, this will be a cold case uh, that we do periodically. And this isn't a whodunit. Um, You know, this is more so about highlighting the um, unsolved murders and deaths of those in our community. And so today we're going to be starting with Kendrick Johnson. A lot of you all may have heard his story back in 2013. Um, He was found, he was a 17 year old high school student found in his gymnasium rolled up in a gym mat. Um, And I remember hearing about the story and really not hearing much else about it. And so uh, Patrice has a lot that she wants to share as to why we probably didn't hear much about it after it happened. Uh, But really just sit back, listen, and, um, you know, we feel like his story deserves to be spotlighted. So take us away, Patrice. Absolutely. Uh, I was living in Atlanta at the time of this uh, case, and I just remember being flabbergasted just by some of the details and there was so little that was actually told now that I've taken some time to really look into it. And a lot of my sources are coming from different articles and kind of connecting the dots that way. And then also a documentary. Um, one that um, I'm referencing is one, uh, YouTube documentary. It's free right now. The tragic and mysterious death of Kendrick Johnson um, does a great job of outlining as well. However, there is another documentary that goes into even more detail that they reference as well um, that has even more updated details. So there's there's just so much to cover here. Um, and I, I really want to highlight this case because I think it's just another example of how, you know, some of these cases really just get mishandled. Um, so I really want to focus on Kendrick just to kind of bring it in. So Kendrick was born on October 10th to Kenneth and Jacqueline Johnson. He was very talented. Um, many pictures that if you do are familiar with this case, you have seen is him in his basketball uniform. He actually played basketball and football. He was very smart, passionate about numbers and had a big gravitation towards science and math. He was very well mannered. He was considered the light of the room and he attended, I'm, I'm a bitch of this name, y'all. I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to say it, but he attended Lowndes high school. I, I thought you would know because of your time in Georgia. I thought you was going to know. know. I'm sorry. I don't remember at Lowndes High School. Lowndes, oh. Lowndes, Lowndes. I feel like the D should be silent in my in my mind. The D is silent, but I feel like that's okay. probably not right. So yeah, <laughs> Lowndes or Lowndes High School. Uh, so that's where he was attended. So I'm gonna break down the day in question for you all to kind of set the scene of. Jacqueline, his mother, and Kenneth in terms of how they came to discover the events that happened to Kendrick on that day. So it takes place January 10th, 2013. Kendrick was going to stay behind after school for a game as usual, but he never made it home and he eventually missed his 10 p.m. curfew. So at 12.30 p.m., Jacqueline, his mother, called the police and they basically said that he was probably just out with friends or a girlfriend. This is like a pet peeve of mine. 
because, you know, with most missing child or missing cases, the police has, I believe it's 48 hours, you know, to that's when the clock starts in terms of recovery. And so when a mother comes to you about their minor who is missing and you make up their lifestyle, like what if this person's introverted? What if they don't got a girlfriend? You're just going to say they're probably blah, 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 blah. I have a problem with that. Um, yes, he's a teenager, but given the world we live in, I would rather you rule it out and look into it now versus not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a good thing his mother knew and she had inkling, you know, a mother knows. And so on January 11th, the next day at 1030 in the morning, she went to the school and started handing out flyers asking if anyone had seen her son. Um, after speaking with his counselor, she found out that he had never made it to the fourth period the day before which was weight training. And this was very uncommon for him. All the staff agreed. He had a great um, attendance record. And like I said, he liked school. He was active in school and an athlete. So there is a requirement to be to have strong attendance. So at this exact time, there are students in the gym near the mats. And um, at the same time as well, the police are arriving as well to follow up on the missing persons report. So one of the students that was in the gym noticed there was feet sticking out of a mat in a vertical position. So if you imagine a wrestling mat, so they're very large, rolled up, and there's pictures on the internet as well, and it's set up vertical. The student, based off this account, had says that there were feet sticking out, and that's how they noticed them. So she and other students went to try to help them and the teacher got involved. And when they reached to grab an ankle for a response, they noticed that there wasn't a response. So I'm going to kind of nitpick at the beginning of this just because there's so many inconsistencies with a lot of the accounts of the story from different reports, et cetera. So my question was, did they reach in to grab his ankle or was it sticking out? (laughs) Because why are they reaching in to the mat? to see if there's life, if their feet are hanging out. Does that make Mm. sense? Mm. And this was an account that I saw where I was like, wait, so is he sticking out or not? I'm confused. And if he's not sticking out, how did you notice him? There's a lot of confusion here already for me, um, just kind of understanding his positioning. But at the point, they also noticed blood and also vomit. And at that point, the odor coming from the area. So they essentially found his body head first in the mat. His shoes were removed. His pockets were pulled out and his pants were unzipped. His LG phone was allegedly in his pocket, which is confusing because his pockets were pulled out. So how are, is, are they maybe in the back, back pockets? pockets. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, wait, I need these details. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really breaking this apart. Um, and his headphones are wrapped around his hand. He had one arm wrapped around and above his head. So if you think about how some people like to sleep, they're describing him as having his arm up above his head. And like, if you were to lay on your forehead, you know, I think Mm. it's called like the frog pose. I think that's what they say when people sleep like that. Mm -hmm. That's what they're describing his arm as being up and around his head. Um, and his face was swollen and bloody beyond recognition. Officers were there, again, already at this point. And so they, as as they're discovering the body, police are there and his mother is there. And so when they call in that they have found a body in the gym, that is how Jacqueline learns that her son's body is in the gym. She overhears a call while she was there. And she was not allowed to see him. 
they only let, I believe it's his sister. Um, there was a couple of different accounts, but I believe his sister was the one that ended up identifying his body based off a shoe that was laying outside the mat where he was laying. Um, and his time of death is later confirmed to be before 2 p.m. the day before. And surveillance will show that he was last seen later on at um, 1 p.m., 1.09 p.m. the day before on January 10th when his mother originally started raising concerns. So already a lot of questions. I know I'm going into it with a lot of bias. And you all like, wait, lay out the case first. Just follow my lead, okay? Follow my lead. Um where things go wrong and are really considered suspicious outside of what I've already said, and it's more documented for me, is that the police immediately rule it a tragic accident accident of positional asphyxia. I have a lisp. I'm going to ruin that word every time I say it today, <laughs> so y'all don't judge me. But positional asphyxia. And they're saying that he crawled in to grab his shoes and became trapped and died. So the family immediately raise suspicions and concerns about this verdict because Kenneth's dad is actually shown and he, he decides to get down on the ground up against one of the mats and he attempts to crawl in and the mat won't even go past his shoulders because the, the, it, the narrow interior of the mm. mat is just so narrow. And there are pictures of um, Kendrick next to his father and they are similar in stature in terms of height and his father's not that much wider than him so it, it makes complete sense you know and even then just for an average size person trying to reach get their body into it you know Kendrick wasn't a toddler you know he was mm. a 17 year old boy so he was not able to fit into this mat it was not possible and his father shows that and there's pictures on the internet of that as well if you would like to see it and so it was clear to him that it wasn't as the police had suggested. And his students later give their account that sometimes they like to throw their stuff into the mat to store their stuff. But friends also say that they would tilt the mat first when retrieving it. So they would not climb into the mat from a vertical position and try to get in there. There was also questions because his shoe was located next to his blood and vomit and had, but however, it had no bodily fluids on the actual shoe. And there's actually an image of the shoe laying next to the blood and it's completely clean. Now, there are two sets of shoes and there's also clothes a couple of feet away from his body as well. So there's a shoe up under his knee inside the mat with him which his mother confirmed was the pair that he would change into before the gym. And there were a pair outside where his head was and his arms near the pool of blood. And those ones were the ones that he was wearing that day. So it becomes confusing. And this is where things start to get a little mishandled, in my opinion, because there's also blood on the wall that didn't belong to Kendrick. And it is identified as blood. However, there is never any evidence collected to determine who the blood does belong to. There's also extra shoes and a hoodie with blood on them, also within the vicinity, within a couple of feet of his body. And again, there is no nothing collected to identify who those clothes belong to. In a later interview in May, one of the investigators, I believe he's a sheriff, I don't recall his name, he would say that he kind of chopped up to it's a gym. So this is where people rough house. So it's not uncommon to see blood on a wall. I just thought, what type of gym do you go to? Like, 
don't <laughs> recall no blood in my gym and we there was fights all the time so i don't recall any of that and even then how was that okay you know to just have yeah. blood on a wall or better yet to not collect shoes and clothing with blood on the wall there's pictures of these clothes with blood on them and yet you don't know where who it belongs to mm-hmm. that's crazy so later um the coroner then um gives their account and based off georgia state law they had should have been account they have, should have been contacted immediately at the site of a dead body but they weren't contacted in this case for six hours the sheriff however said it's a time-consuming process and that he was contacted as soon as possible however the coroner also does mention that there was no police cooperation and that it was clear that when he got there the body had been moved and compromised by the time he was he got there so there's a lot of flags in terms of this case already just and i feel for this mother can you imagine finding out that your son's body was in the gym through a phone call that you Mm. overheard Mm. you know not that was called directly to you you overheard it and this is after the police had kind of said oh don't worry about it the night before that's awful so january 14th the county autopsy shows that there are no injuries to Kendrick's body in Rosie incident, an accident, and due to asphyxia as described by the police early on. And at this point, the community is upset. I mean, I've already described that there was blood at the scene. Vomit is common for asphyxia. That's why I'm not necessarily emphasizing that. However, he was beyond recognition. His face was swollen. That, mm-hmm. that is enough to make you think something hit him at some point to make him swell like that. But, and also to kind of further that, if this was true to where he did climb into the mat and he did suffocate, there was traffic in that gym all day. Classes, people cutting, going to classes, coming and going and changing, etc. So somebody would have had to hurt him struggling or calling for help or something if that was actually the case. So at this point, Benjamin Crump, a no representative for many victims of injustices, um, he represents George Floyd family, Trayvon Martin family. They become involved with the case. And after reviewing, they determined that Kendrick was more than likely rolled up into this mat. And Mm -hmm. that comparing to the paramedics report, the paramedics report says that his body was partially in the gym mat when they got there and his torso and head was exposed which goes against what the cops said, noting um, that they also had, they also found that there was bruising on his jaw. However, the coroner report said that there was no bruises and no injuries. There's a lot of contradictions. Mm -hmm. So at this point, they then call, um, the family calls Dr. Anderson to review the autopsy report. And he identifies that if there is, in fact, asphyxia, again, I'm ruining this word, God, don't judge me. Asphyxia with this case, there should be fluid in his lungs. However, based off the county's autopsy report, there was no indication that there were fluid in the lungs. So then the body is at that point exhumed for a second autopsy on the family's request. It's at this point that the body is recovered, his brain, heart, lungs, and other main organs are all missing and replaced with newspaper. When the family inquires, what happened to their son's organs? The funeral home said they received the body without the organs, and it was normal to replace it with newspaper articles. And the president of the National Association of Medical Examination 
made, went on accounts saying they had never heard of this practice. Ooh. I remember when I saw the newspaper, like our headline about what they found in this poor boy. And I was just mortified. You know, your mind goes in a lot of different places mm-hmm. these days, especially for me. I think I might've been 19 or maybe at that time. And I was just like, what? <laughs> how do you do that? Like, how is there no communication with the family about, Hey, we might have to supplement some space in your son's body, something along those lines. Like, did, did you have any thoughts on that? I just found it to be shocking and so traumatizing for the family. Um, I hadn't necessarily expected to share this, but I did talk um, earlier this season about my grandmother who passed. And what I did not share at that time is that um, the funeral home and the cemetery made a mistake and buried her in the wrong grave. And um, there was much drama and it got corrected. But like for my family, that was... yeah. I can't even put into words how traumatizing that was. So to put myself in the shoes of Kendrick's family um, and to have that experience where something has happened to your loved one after they've passed. And now you're talking about, and I I don't want to ruin where the story is about to go, but Mm -hmm. you're talking about over the span of years continue. How do you heal from something that is continuously you find a new information that is more traumatizing than the last information you found. So, um, I don't know. It just may, it, I I can't, I'm not even going to pretend like I know what that's like, but for the portion of the trauma, me and my family experienced, it was just, it just added to a whole nother level of losing someone to know that their remains were not handled appropriately after putting them to rest. Like it just, it it was, you know, and that's your son. Can you imagine the places her, his mother and his father and his siblings, their thoughts went knowing that their son essentially arrived without these vital organs. Like who to even try to wrap your mind around that. You know what I mean? I I couldn't even imagine, like I feel for this family on a whole nother level because they can't even get someone to admit that something happened to their son. This was not an accident let alone his body being put to rest in whole. That's, that's just, that's terrible, terrible. And I can, mm-hmm. I remember when you told me about your grandmother and that's the first thing I thought about is just how traumatizing that would be like mm-hmm. at the aftermath. I have never experienced anything like that. I hope, you know, most people don't because that's terrible. It just it just further adds on to the trauma of this whole situation. She finds mm-hmm. out that her son is body is in the gym through an overheard phone call. Now this, now mm-hmm. you know they're they're calling it an accident when we all know there's no way in hell that is an accident, right? But so this the second autopsy determines that Kendrick died from blunt force trauma. So the community is outraged. They're demanding the death to be considered a homicide and the case to be reopened because the case was quickly closed immediately after that with the sheriff's department. Although investigators agreed with them, they could not prove a civil right violation and could not reopen the case, which to me is very confusing. It's like, you're saying we hear you, but we can't do shit. Like what? Mm. Help me understand. There's Mm -hmm. clearly an indication something happened. 
And I think the missing organs really just adds to the narrative of negligence because how do you miss that? How do you, and then on top of that, you don't, no one can account for where they are enough to recover enough to test and review. Like granted, I don't know if the family would have trusted at that point, you know, given the situation, but you just can't help but wonder like, what the hell were y'all doing? At this point, the family offers a reward in the Kendrick Johnson case. Um, Attorneys are calling on authorities to release camera footage because it's being withheld at this point. And they basically want to see in and around the school at the time of question. Uh, Michael Moore, a U.S. attorney, said he would take a deeper look into this case in October. And over 100 people are interviewed and subpoenaed. Going into further some of the details that I feel like further complicate the case were that there's actually two gyms at the school and Kendrick is actually found in what is called the old gym. Now, Mm, okay. So my high school had a newer gym, the big gym and the little gym. The little gym was the Mm. old gym. We had something similar. In fact, I think both my high schools did, if I remember correctly, but um, and uh, when I think about the old gym and how it was used, it was where we had lunch. It was where we just went in to mess around. You know, it was always very busy because there was sports and practice going on in classes in the big one. So we used the back one for like just anything. And when it came to storing clothes and things like that, we didn't use it for that. So, you know, there's a lot of images of Kendrick walking in class to the gym as um, recovery of surveillance is, um, is um, reviewed. And he doesn't have a gym bag with him. He doesn't have any clothes with him. It's just him and his clothes that he's got on his back and a yellow folder. So my question has always been like, when did he get his clothes, his other set of shoes? Like, at what point did that happen? Why don't we have any footage of that? Mm-hmm. When did he change? You know, because we all know we got to good clothes and got to work out clothes when it comes to the gym. So I I was kind of confused by that. Um, CNN gets access to the videos and has an expert review the film. And they found an hour of footage is missing across all the cameras. They also find that they've been altered in image quality, corrupted files due to error in processing. So that some can't even be played. And there's also dropped files. So there's a hole in time that shows that that just also coincidentally is around the time in question. So there's a lot of dark spots. Now, what makes it more difficult is that there's two camera servers and neither of them are linked to time. So camera A can get my left side and camera B can get my right side. However, they're going to chart them as different times. Mm. camera a will say 12 o'clock camera b will say 1205 Mm. and the youtube documentary does a good job of kind of breaking down what that what that does in terms of the overlap of all the dark spots in terms of where there's no footage and then also breaking down how what they had to do to align the timeline better because it's so it's 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 not accurate at this point so after reviewing it in more detail they do spot kendrick as i mentioned earlier going into the gym and carrying that yellow folder that was later found near his body but the cameras are problematic so for an expert they feel like it's suspicious regardless because they're still missing time and they're still between all the drop files and um the, also the fact that you can only export images from this film you cannot export video 
mm-hmm. even though that was a thing. Why would I get a camera if I only want to look at pictures? <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to see the motion, you know? Who hit right. somebody first? You know, I need mm-hmm. to know this, you know? I, you, you don't have that. Um, but so at this point in the case, the reward is pulled after 90 days of being up in February, um, sorry, in January. And in February, they sued the funeral home for lying about the organs missing. And um, the investigation that the family filed originally was dropped and um, with the funeral home. And um, it was due to basically the court finding that they didn't violate any rules after an investigation, which is like, so it's normal for a funeral home to stuff our loved ones with newspaper articles. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So since there aren't any organs, no one can prove whether or not his mm-hmm. lungs were filled with fluid from asphyxiation. So they can't rule in or out this verdict. And there was an eventually a confession made from an old classmate that also incriminated four other kids. But that was decided that it was also baseless and solely based on rumors. Mm. So the Johnson family files a $100 million lawsuit and it's a wrongful death lawsuit saying Kendrick was violently assaulted, severely injured, suffered great physical pain and mental anguish and subjected to insult and loss of life, loss of life. They also claimed the school was negligent in terms of um, addressing the conflicts, harass and harassment from prior attacks by other students as a result, because he, essentially he was black. So this lawsuit names 28 defendants, including an FBI agent and his two sons that were classmates of Kendrick and several officials of the investigation in the sheriff's department and also other school officials. So Shayla, I will let you take it from here. Yeah, so over the years, um, the parents have publicly and, and quite boldly implicated brothers Brian and Brendan Bell. Their father was an FBI agent who eventually resigned after his um, home was invaded and searched for evidence. Um, mm. Almost um, everyone they interviewed said Rick, the father, approached them about the case. So Rick was going around approaching people about the case um, and Brian said he considered Kendrick a friend while Austin, who was supposed to be, um, Kendrick's best friend or a very close friend, um, said that about a year ago, like before the incident, uh, before his death, Brian and Kendrick had an altercation. Now this supposedly happened on a bus and then Austin hopped in and they won, right? So Brian felt like it wasn't a fair fight. And his father felt like it wasn't a fair fight. So Brian, after losing, was quoted saying, supposedly by other students, that it wasn't over. So that was a thing mm-hmm. that he said. And in my mind, I'm like, it was a year ago. You got beat a year ago. What are we still, you know, upset right, about? Okay. Right. Um, allegedly, Rick, that was the father, um, approached Kendrick saying that the fight wasn't fair and essentially invited him to come to the house to have a refight a rematch with Brian, um, which is said that Kendrick just walked away from and Rick denies that this conversation ever happened. And that was Mm -hmm. something that Kendrick told his father. Um, 
The FBI concluded that the bells were in different areas of the school when Kendrick entered the gym, you know, on the day that he um, died. However, that's looking real uncertain. <laughs> they are saying that due to a 2014 analysis report, it cites surveillance still that shows Brian in the hallway with Kendrick before he died. Yeah. Um, Brian, Brian has said in numerous interviews that he had not seen Kendrick the day that he vanished. So he's definitely lying. Um, and it just seems like nobody's bringing this up. Like that should have been the first thing that was reviewed is like, why are you lying about where you right. were on the day? Well, so that, so that report too, I don't think that report surfaced for a very long time. It took some time for that report. I, that, that was actually a missing page for years. Oh, uh, well, from based on the article and, of course, a certain level of discernment, guys, right, because we're getting mm-hmm. things from different sources. But according right. to the article, it was actually in there the whole time. It was in the evidence the whole time, but just no one ever mm. called it out. Like, mm. why? Why? This report has been right here in front of you. Like, I didn't discover nothing new, you know? See, okay. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. and very i really do i hope for closure one day for this family i will say that as of right now no suspects have been named or any charges raised against anyone at this time despite all of the evidence um and the brothers actually are claiming that kendrick was a great friend actually despite all the accounts of them fighting all the time including the call that kendrick made to his mother about them fighting on the bus that day um, the U.S. attorney who vowed to take on this case in 2015, he resigned. And usually all the cases would go to their successor. However, all of his cases went to the su- successor. Again, I have a list. Y'all don't make fun of me. <laughs> all his cases went to the successor except Kendrick's. His case was transferred to the Northern District of Ohio, where that U.S. attorney also resigned shortly after receiving that case. Despite the resignations, the DOJ continued to look into the case. The school um, refused to honor the family's request to honor Kendrick during their high school graduation when he would have graduated, which is awful. The family did protest that day. They have continued to fight in the court, um, raising lawsuits, additional findings. Um, In March 2000. 16, Kendrick's parents withdrew their lawsuit and was sued for more than $1 million in defamation from the brothers and the, um, of the son of the FBI agent who shared a class with Kendrick. The judge um, said that when the family tried to appeal this, the judge said that their claims were essentially baseless, and although the family appealed, it was dismissed. A supporter of the family um, later filed a complaint with the FBI and commission alleging that the judge fell asleep at least six times during their trials and showed favoritism to the other attorneys. Benjamin Crump around the same time informs the family that he will no longer be involved in the civil rights case of Kendrick Johnson. And in June of 2016, the DOJ finds that they cannot prove beyond reasonable doubt that someone violated Kendrick's civil rights. Now, I wanted to understand this behind reasonable doubt situation. Like, what does that mean? And they basically kept, I kept seeing everywhere that there's like a threshold that has to be met to reopen a case. And the verbiage is, 
a federal criminal civil rights investigation has to show that beyond a reasonable doubt that someone killed Johnson and was motivated by racial unanimous to do so. And there's a high legal threshold or something like that. So I like look up the article on FBI.gov and everything. And so this civil rights uh, statute essentially says that it makes it unlawful to willfully cause bodily injury or attempt to do so with fire, firearm, or a dangerous weapon when one, the crime was committed because of the actual or perceived color, race, religion, or national origin the crime was or two the crime was committed because of the actual or perceived religion race uh, all these protected classes and the law provides funding and technical assistance to state local and tribal jurisdictions to help them more effectively investigate prosecute and prevent hate crimes and the maximum sentencing is 10-year imprisonment so that is essentially what they were trying to prove that it was a hate crime that took place that happened to Kendrick. And honestly, it sounds like it. I, you know, in my opinion, obviously I'm not in law. The simple fact that his body was found the way that it was, all the, the body was eventually stuffed with newspaper articles. He was beaten beyond recognition. That alone, and the fact that that was not documented, is true concern for me. Um, I, am, I am interested on how they determine what is bodily injury. Like, does it need to be found by the coroner to then connect that dot? you know, despite other mm. prior reports. Is it because that his death is still considered an accident on mm. that paper, that autopsy report, that is why they are considering that they could not find bodily injury? Because technically that's the expert that would have had to find that bodily injury. Despite the paramedics, all those others who encountered the body and saw otherwise including the second and eventually third autopsy. So I'm kind of curious how they connect that dot. Do they only go off the county's autopsy? Would they take into effect, you know, the second autopsy, the other experts involved, and if not, why? Those are kind of my questions around that. But again, I'm not in, le not in legal, so I don't really know. Um, but it's, it's incredibly unfortunate. Um, so because of that, they closed the case. The, the family continues to file lawsuits against officials and wrongful death lawsuits, but they are dismissed. Uh, the family then exhumes the body for a third time. And again, they find blunt force trauma to his right neck and that he, there was, um, Hemorrhage. they had multiple other officials also review this autopsy findings to also further confirm that it was blunt force trauma and in april of 2019 sheriff Polk inquired to get all of the files related to this case from the doj and they let them have it which is like you would think that would be first instinct right the family's mm -hmm. still concerned about this case pass it on to whoever's yeah. going to continue to investigate if you're not, but they just held on to it to someone just asked, which is just uh, not someone, but a sheriff like that is, I don't know. It just, just so many little things I feel like should just be done. Like I shouldn't mm -hmm. have to request this. Right. Um, in June of 2020, an online petition started to reopen the case. Um, 
that quickly reached 1 million signatures. Um, and then March 10th, 2021, the, the case was finally reopened. And a week after the case was reopened, a 25-second recording of a confession that had um, been sold to the family for $1,000. Wow. Someone sold this confession where a relative secretly recorded another relative saying things like, and I don't have it quoted in front of me, but I recall um, what I heard that it says. It says something along the they're going to catch me anyway. I was young and stupid. Kendrick didn't deserve this. Something along those lines. And two months later, they found it to be a hoax. Somebody scammed this family for oh, $1,000 wow. for that fake confession. As of October of this year, 2021, there have been no charges made against anyone in this case. They're hoping uh, with the reopening, uh, the Sheriff Puck, who's um, investigating now, he was thinking about six months to review. However, with the pandemic, it has slowed down things, obviously, I'm sure. Um, But I'm really hoping that this family gets justice soon. Um, It will be 10 Mm -hmm. years soon since his life was taken, Mm -hmm. which is just crazy to even think about. Um, And so much has been wrongfully done from the cops, not immediately looking into this case from the time she first said, where's my baby at, to the findings of his body, to the cooperation and calling the coroner on time, to, you know, all of these lawsuits. Like, how do you sue this family knowing what they're going through? How can you do that? How do you then make a fake confession? Like the world is just terrible and my heart goes out to this family. I hope that, you know, they receive their justice very, very soon and it brings them the closure or whatever they need to help heal from this whole public traumatic experience and Kendrick is able to rest in peace. Yeah, I hope they get answers. I mean, I would love, you know, for someone to be charged and found guilty, Mm -hmm. but even there's many answers that are, there's many questions that are unanswered long before we even get to who did it and, you know, if they're guilty. Um, I can't imagine having that many questions surrounding a loved one's death, like before he died, after he died, how his body was handled after he died, how the case was handled after the case was handled after the case was handled. Like I, I just can't imagine that. Um, so yeah, my heart definitely goes out to them. Um, and it's tragic because a young life was lost, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a young promising life sounds like, so Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. This is really like, I mean, I remember hearing it, like I was saying earlier, I remember hearing it when it first came out and me being like, mm, yeah. I don't know about that. I didn't even know all the, <laughs> I didn't even know what I know today. And I was like, this does not sound right. What are they saying? Yeah, An just, accident and he rolled up in the mad baby's house. What are you saying? Who just climb into a wrestling mat? I don't care what you looking for. Yeah. You gonna flip the thing just, over, move it out the way. If it's on, like, it just, nothing makes sense. It doesn't make yeah, sense. It, it didn't make sense um, yeah. back then when they tried to make it make sense. And, it, <sighs> and nothing has made sense um, since then. So, um yeah. And and I encourage like watch the documentaries. They do all I mean the defense does a whole breakdown of how it is an accident. Like here's his body, here's what he did to climb up, go in, this is his height, this is what it would have looked like, and this is how we died. Like they have a whole diaphragm that they've drawn out of like a body going into this mat and it just does not make 
sense realistically like they have done their best to try to push this narrative but i'm sorry no one is eating that up i don't know who it ain't nobody eating that up. It's, it's just not it, no and you know my first thoughts too if a child goes missing and as soon as you realize the school is the last place they were seen alive which they had determined prior to you know him his body being found why wouldn't you lock down the school yeah that was another thing they said um that the school was not locked down even on the morning that his body was discovered um which i found to be interesting because i'm like we've had fights with the school bad bad fight where the school didn't got locked down or multiple fights at one time where it's like everybody go in your room shut it down you know what i mean yeah so why are we not why not why are we not locking down the school? If a nearby uh, shooting takes place from my school, we would get locked down. Anytime mm-hmm. there was a shooting that was on the same street, down the street, a mile, two, three, five miles away, if there was a car accident, a police chase, which mm-hmm. happened often in my neighborhood, then we would be locked down. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm very confused why like you're there's a whole crime scene that could be potentially right there on your campus and you're just kids just run all over the place I don't I mean and six hours to contact the coroner like there's yeah. that's evidence that's just there you know and not being processed right then at that time I wonder um if anyone mentioned or if anyone would know like when did Rick get on the scene Rick is the FBI agent he's the father mm. of the two sons like when, when was the first time he was cited? And I understand there's a lot going on. And at the time, you're, you're not even thinking about that because you, maybe all of that hadn't been connected yet. You know, where mm-hmm. they where his sons were and things like that. But like, when did he get on the scene? Because right. what, what's going And you know on? what? They kept saying only one was on the campus. And the one that was on the campus wasn't in the vicinity. That's then after taking their electronics, they found they were both on the campus. And like you said, despite the interviews that they had done saying they hadn't seen him at all that day, they were walk- they were seen with them in the hallway. More it's than like, once. They had a that morning um that they, they were seen with him and then mm-hmm. also right before he died, they were seen with him. Yeah. So it it was like hey. So many questions. It's just not not mathing for me at all. At this point, I don't know that they're trying to make it make sense. I think they wanted to be so confusing that it won't make sense so that nothing can be moved forward because clearly making sense is not what you were attempting to do here. No, not at all. Right. You're just going to say asphyxia. You don't think we're going to question that? This is, this is around the time that Trayvon Martin passed, I believe 2013. That's around the time that he passed. I don't remember exactly what month it may have been. I I don't recall the exact month, but you know, with everything happening in the news, I think actually around that time, even Gina six took place, which is about um, Mm. six um, young black men who were um, sentenced to, they were in jail for essentially fighting uh, uh, white kids who had, um, I think they had hung nooses or something like that. um, Mm. At, I can't remember what the details of the case were, but they were sentenced to, uh, uh, they had a crazy sentence for something very, very small. And that was very high school after a a racially motivated um, act was done against them. 
And, um, and so there was a lot going on in the news at that time. I remember cause I lived in Atlanta, like all these schools were like, um, bus, uh, all these buses were busing people up to, uh, New Orleans to, uh, protests and everything. It was all over the radio and everything. So uh, there was so much going on and it's just like, you really think no one was going to question this? I don't know if the goal was that for people not to question it or if the goal was just to throw people off so much that they could never pin down who did it and get a conviction, mm, you know? That's true. Um, I guess. clearly their goal wasn't, because there, there was a lot to question. It was, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to question. So, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, as always, our, our resources will be in our description not only the articles, but also the um, documentary Patrice was mentioning. And then they're mm-hmm. making like, a, I won't say a movie, but like a documentary about it. I think Amazon Prime and then Google. Yeah. Google I think something. there's one out too. Um, one that goes into more updated details as well. Uh, more images, more documents. Um, but I, but yeah, I think there it is um, Amazon that's still working on one right now too. So um, I'm sure there will be more updates the more this case gets dug into. I think it's a, we, we can all collectively finally address that this was mishandled. And there's a lot that is currently public now. Um, so I'm hoping for answers for this family and healing. And um, yeah, everyone stay tuned. We will also stay tuned and our hopes to get Kendrick Johnson some justice here because it's ridiculous. Yeah, the name um, of the film is Finding Kendrick Johnson, yep. I believe, mm-hmm. if you're interested in taking a further look and and staying up to date with the case now that it's newly uh, reopened. Um, so yeah, you know, we just felt that Kendrick's story deserved to be spotlighted and highlighted in a way that we felt previously have not been. And I think that's great that they have the movie, but, um, our, our audience and our platform now, you guys know, so that that's mm-hmm. additional people to be able to, to know and be aware. Cause I think awareness is really important when it comes to our stories. So, yep, um, anything else you want to add Patrice? No, thanks you guys for listening. Um, remember to share, 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 share. Um, and you know, I know our conversations about the injustices, injustices in our community are really tough to, you know, relive and revisit over and over again, you know, but we, we have to continue to speak up where we can and continue to use our platforms to spread awareness about it. Uh, that's the only way we're going to see progress. So thank you for listening and participating in this conversation. Keep the conversation going um, and continue to say his name, Kendrick Johnson. Thanks so much. As always, follow us on IG at Melanated Intellects. If you don't already, Patrice is right. Share, like, subscribe. And thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye.